The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Conflict, of course, rages on between Russia and Ukraine. Sorry, let me rephrase that because that sounds like it's a meeting of two equals. The invasion or the attempted uh, invasion of Ukraine continues at the hands of Russia. Overnight, Moscow's city mayor has said that Russia had defended and shot down two Ukrainian planes. And it comes as the latest attack on the Ukrainian sides have been concentrated on the sky. For more on this and to bring us the latest, I'm joined by Jason Corcoran, who is a journalist and Russia analyst. Jason, the big news, of course, is the provision of American-built F-16s to Ukraine. How significant a uh, change will that bring about? Uh, good morning, Antonio. I think uh, it's it's a morale win for Zelensky and for the, for the for the Ukrainian army, because I think the counteroffensive is really flagging at the moment, and I think there's real war fatigue setting in, particularly in the West, in places like Germany and in the states. And to secure these F-16s, which you know I think Zelensky had been asking for these for a very long time. And now he has 61 F-16s, but with the proviso that uh, it might be a long time before, you know, uh, Ukrainian pilots get their hands on these on the, on these um, uh, planes because they have to undergo training, significant training, which could take six months at the very least. And then also then I think the Washington has to sign off on the, these uh, planes being transitioned to, to Ukraine for the use. And, in, and we've seen in the States uh, Joe Biden is looking for an additional 22 billion, and U.S. Congress is is dragging its 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 legs. They've already committed something like 60 60 odd billion, and certainly within the Republican Party, there's a lot of a lot of people kicking and screaming about providing additional support uh, to Ukrainians' military black hole. If the U.S. does sign off on the use of the F-16s in the skies above Ukraine, what does that mean in terms of increasing tensions between NATO, the U.S. and Russia? Yeah, no, I, th- I think Kyiv um, is, is, is stated repeatedly they don't want to do any ceasefire. And there's been a number of ceasefires proposed by South Africa. Um, I think there was one by Saudi Arabia recently, and they have said that they don't want to cede land or even start peace talks until Russian forces have been expelled from Ukrainian territory. And by having these F-16s, they could certainly, I mean, carpet bomb uh, Russian positions in uh, the Donbass and in Zaporizhia in the south. Um, So poll after poll shows that most Ukrainians are of the same opinion. They don't want a diplomatic resolution to this stalemate. They want Russians uh, completely ridded from their territory. How close are they to getting that? Because when this war began, there was a sense of maybe it'll be weeks, maybe it'll be months, maybe even half a year. It now seems unending. Yeah, I think it. it I, I don't see any. Well, there's the U.S. elections, which are 16 months out, and if Donald Trump comes in, that changes everything because he might pull uh, American support, which is crucial. But any deal to uh, to cede any territory to um, Russia is gone. I think in April last year, and it was Zelensky suggested he was going to kick the can down the road in terms of Crimea, the peninsula that was annexed in 2014, and Donbass in the east. That was nearly done, that deal. But but since then, the positions of the two sides um, are, you know, irreconcilable and intractable. And as for the Kremlin, um, they they have indicated uh, explicitly that Russia will not even discuss the return of these four next uh, regions, never mind Crimea, uh, the Black Sea Peninsula. 
On the topic of the Kremlin, there was a sense some months ago that Putin's position was weakening within the administration and his grasp on power in Russia was weakening. Has that reversed? I think somewhat, Anton. Yeah, two months ago, we watched in shock and awe as Yevgeny Prigozhin and his Wagner troops seized the city of Rostov in the south and got within 200 kilometers of Moscow. And uh, but now Prigozhin has he's been expanding his fixed batteries and now he's popped up in in Africa. We don't know exactly where he is in Africa, but he's he's out of harm's way for now. And uh, Putin is uh, he's he's very mindful now. He's about five six months out from his own presidential elections in March next year, and he, he of course will be unchallenged. All of the opposition figures are either locked up or, or, or in exile. And uh, his economy is is ticking over. There is there is some growth, about two percent, but it's a very dysfunctional economy because basically it's driven by military spending. And um, they they have the military industrial complex, the plants there. They're working double shifts, and you know Putin has extended social benefits to the most needy, basically his 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 crucial electoral base. So he can carry on. I mean, he can carry on until Trump gets back in the White House and, uh, and, and then sort of reset. You mentioned uh, Belarus. We've heard news that uh, the US has recommended that y- Americans in Belarus should leave the country by whatever means are uh, possible for them, whatever um, avenues are still open by road or by plane. Why is that? Yeah, I think, uh, well, Belarus uh, has been a a more totalitarian and repressive regime than Russia for many years. So if I was an American, I would have got the hell out of Minsk a long time ago. And, you know, Putin has probably taken a leaf out of the Belarus leader's book, Alexander Lukashenko. The the secret police in Belarus is called the KGB. They didn't have the rebrand that we had in Russia. And the pre-detention facility there is called the Amerikanka. And that is named after the 1920s Chicago prison design. Uh, It's no holiday camp. And there's dozens of opposition figures that have passed through there and some haven't lived to tell the tale. So if if I was uh, a Westerner of any type and I was still in Belarus, I I would have gotten out a long time ago. It is a very dangerous place. And, you know, compared to Russia, well, Russia in recent years, there are using Americans as hostages. We have people like Evan Gerskovich, uh, a former colleague of mine for The Wall Street Journal, who's in pre-detention. And then you have Paul Whelan, the the former U.S. Marine who actually has an Irish passport. And he's been locked up uh, without charges for, I think, two years. Jason, thank you very much for that report. That's Jason Corcoran, journalist and Russia analyst uh, and, of course, specialist on uh, Russian matters. Uh, We've... The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.